0: Good morning, it's DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. Well, the Super Bowl is set, and the Jazz win streak continues on. So does the BYU win streak, for that matter. Uh, We have many things to touch on. We might as well start with the Super Bowl, since those two football games are fresh, after you watched a good six or seven hours of football yesterday. (sighs) Where to start? I mean, I know that game was about the marquee quarterbacks with Brady and Rodgers and the NFC title game. And yes, it is amazing that Tom Brady is going to his tenth Super Bowl. That is incredible. And yes, he made some big plays, but he had three second half picks. And one of them, when when he was rushed, I mean, you gotta throw that ball out of bounds. Haven't we haven't we heard that in a million football games? Not just pro but college. And he just throws it up for grabs, and Evans is turning around trying to find it, but he expected it to be another 15 yards downfield. It can't be on him. <laughs> and I know there's another interception that went off Evans' hands. Uh, Evans had a flat-out drop on what would have been a big gainer. That was his worst moment of the game. Even the interception off his fans' hands, it's got to be like 80 or 90% on Brady. You know, I, I know you got to put a little of it on Evans because there's that cliche, if you can touch it, you can catch it. But that ball was zipped, and it was not thrown accurately, and Brady knew it. They had that replay after the commercial break where he's taking that little hop, like, up. Oh, it's sailing, it got away, please go get it. You know, like, he knows trouble's coming. And Aikman was all over it because, of course, Aikman played quarterback and had the same feeling, you know, during his career. Uh-oh, sailed that one. Help, a little Help. So, but Brady, Brady was good. I mean, there were a bunch of big plays, and you know, he threw a bunch of big passes in that game. And the, the deep ball to Godwin that set up Fournette's touchdown run. You know, challenge guy who just had a drop, uh, you know, to go get it and make a play, and and he did, and it flipped the field, and it was huge, and Fournette's touchdown run. I mean, I know this is now a passing league, and it's a quarterback-driven league, and running backs aren't as valuable as they used to be. And and all the numbers and all the stats and even the eyeball test all back that up. But there is still a place for a big-time run like that. you know. And it's hard to throw the ball in the red zone and all that stuff. And you don't have to. When you're at the 20-yard line, you just hand it to Fournette up the middle, and he's stepping over guys and bouncing off of guys and hopping outside and making a guy miss and then spinning and making a second guy miss and then getting blasted by a guy or two at the goal line and still getting into the corner. That was, that was an excellent run. And I think, uh, I, think, I think Barry Sanders applauded that. I think Emmett Smith applauded that. I think whatever excellent running back in NFL history, Jim Brown, the greatest of them all, he applauded that. That was an excellent touchdown run. And you think about it, you know, if that had been the drive where they kicked a field goal, how does that change the flow of the game? Because at the end of the game, then the Packers maybe aren't feeling like they got to score a touchdown. Maybe they're kicking a field goal. And of course, they kicked the field goal anyway and lost the game. And we're all shaking our heads and face-palming our forehead over that decision. Like, I know you got a two-minute warning and three timeouts, but really, you're going to give the ball to Brady and think you're going to get it back? Eh, I don't see it. And of course, it didn't happen. Uh, so that—that's the biggest uh, mistake of the game, right there. Um, you, the thing you got to say about the Bucks, who've now won three playoff games in a row, and I get the first one was Washington with their third different quarterback they'd started. Uh, so that's a, a little bit on the gimme side. But, man, the other two aren't. You beat Breeze in New Orleans. You beat Rodgers in Green Bay. Those are top-shelf road wins. And it really does go. It made me think of the Jazz. It made me think of Quinn Snyder, because it comes down to what Quinn is saying over and over. Uh, I mean, you want to be good in the regular season, and you want to build that confidence. and You want to just, you know, you're talented, so you just naturally win all the time. It's what you do. But the playoff wins are the ones that really matter. You know the Bills are thirteen and three, and they had a great season. And they ran up against a team they just weren't good enough to beat. In large part because they kicked four field goals and didn't kick didn't kick touchdowns, or didn't score touchdowns. They were kicking those field goals. but you know the 13 wins, you don't really think about those. You think about how bad the loss stings. You know, and Quinn Snyder saying the Jazz have to keep getting better. They have to keep getting better. And he's right. And look at the Bucks. They keep getting better. They're 11 and five in a regular season. They lose to the Bucks, or the Bucks lose to the Saints twice in the regular season. And then they beat them in the playoffs. And they lose to five playoff teams in the regular season, and only beat one, Green Bay, ironically enough. Uh, But then they win three straight playoff games, because they got better. They're a better team now. And they're not perfect, and they still make mistakes, they still have turnovers, they still have drops... Brady's throwing picks and receivers are dropping balls, but they were good enough to win. They were good enough to make enough plays. Uh, the touchdown before the half, huge play. I mean, their coaching staff came very close to making the same mistake that Nick LeFleur made. And then Arians changes his mind. I mean, Brady was all the way over the bench and putting on a coat, and he's popping off and going back on the field. Because weren't we all sitting there thinking, it's fourth and one. I mean, you're down inside of 20 seconds now. What they're not going to have time to go down the field here. Maybe they can throw one long pass, stop the clock, get out of bounds or whatever, kick a long field goal and get three. You got fourth and one across midfield. you got to go for it, and you got to kick the three. And instead, they get the first down, and then they throw a 39-yarder over the top for a score. I mean, we can go nuts on the Lafleur decision, but we got to look at the Green Bay secondary. What are you doing? What are you doing? You cannot get beat over the top in the last ten seconds of the half. What are you doing? Oi. and then the turnover at the start of the third quarter—you can't kick a field goal there. Once you once you get that turnover, if you're Tampa Bay, you got to put it in the end zone. And they did so. The Bucks are there; they're at home for the Super Bowl, and of course, oddly, it's the first one where you can't pack the place with your fans. Um, although corporate America would have held a lot of the tickets anyway, so good luck buying them. But. And then they got the Chiefs who beat the Bills, and they're the better team, and and Tyreek Hill is amazing, and Tyreek Hill lit up Tampa Bay for three touchdowns, a couple of them really long ones uh, in the regular season. And that that game kind of played out – like the NFC title game, you know, where Tampa Bay got up 28 to 10, and then Kansas City was up 27 10 in that game and held on to win 27 24. Tampa Bay scored twice late in the fourth quarter to take the 17 point lead down to three, but they scored like four minutes left in case he just got the ball and ran out the clock. So. Uh, there you go. All right, so there's a little football, and we'll get to more of that later in the show. And I mentioned, you know, Quinn Snyder after the game said the Jazz have to keep getting better. And I think that you look at the Bucks, the Tampa Bay Bucks season, and that's just one of the truths in, in pro sports. We've got these long regular seasons, followed by pretty grueling playoffs on top of that you know it's 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 a month of playoff games for the bucks and uh and you do you have to keep getting better and tampa bay has and that's why they're in the super bowl and the jazz need to do it if if they're going to beat the lakers and the clippers in in the playoffs um right now the jazz are are proving themselves capable of beating you know 500 teams playoff caliber teams they just thrashed the warriors i I gotta say and the jazz were good i don't want to Let's not misunderstand that. The Jazz were good. I did not think they were great. You know, they were up by 30, they were up by 40, but the Warriors were bad. I mean, the Warriors were bad, and they got down early. It was 14-0, it was 19-2, to and they fought back a little, and they got within nine at the end of the quarter, but I thought in the second quarter, I thought they really rolled over, and I thought the effort on defense, I mean, Steve Kerr... He was accurate, but he undersold it after the game when he, he comes up with the, well, our rotations weren't good. I didn't think their guys were trying. I mean, <laughs> and I'll give you a few plays in the game, and maybe you can remember. But if you go back and look at it, I think it's clear. If you just watch for that, ignore the Jazz shooting, which was great. But the Jazz have a lot of really good shooters. If you give them that many open shots, they're going to make a bunch of them. You know, they just are. They have the lead, they're wide open, there's no pressure, they're going to make them. Donovan Mitchell scores, hits a three right before the half. um, Like a second left in the half, right? He's bringing the ball up court for six or seven seconds. They don't have to defend with six or seven seconds left on the clock. They don't have to defend for that long. And they run a high pick and roll. And he's on the left side and he goes right, which, you know, the right-handed shooter... Not not surprising, I guess. And the defender, I forget who they were who was defending it. You know, three guys are out of the play. It's basically it's two on two out there beyond the beyond the top of the key, beyond the three-point line. And Gobert sets a screen, and the defender did not. He just kind of leaned on the screen like, huh, ah, I've been screened. Help. I mean, there's no effort to get over it and fight through it. <laughs> There's nothing. And then the big, whoever's guarding Gobert at that point, he's dropping off by like 10 feet. I mean, of course Donovan's going to pull up and hit a three. That's <laughs> tailor-made. I mean, if Quinn Snyder could draw up opposing teams' defense in the playoffs, he'd draw that up it was a gift. And then in the uh, at the start of the third quarter, actually I think it was the first bucket of the third quarter, the Jazz get a stop and Donovan grabs the rebound and he just turns and he dribbles coast to coast. And and the Warriors are running back three-quarter speed. A guy running without the ball has to be faster than a guy dribbling with the ball. you got to at least be as fast. And he's blowing by guys. Oh, yeah, I'm getting back on defense. Hmm. And then uh, if you remember the play where Bogey missed two three pointers in the same possession in the right corner, was it be the near corner in the second half? And he missed, and the Jazz got the offensive rebound, and he missed again, and the Jazz got another rebound, and then uh, they got it to Mike Conley, and he drove in and hit a floater in the lane. Well, Draymond Green fell on the previous offensive possession, and he took forever to get back in the play. And it was five on four when he did. And when he did, they didn't match up. They never the Jazz on the near side of the court, it was the Jazz always had the extra man. The Warriors never matched up. Of course, when the rebound when the shot was short and the rebound came back, the Jazz had the advantage. They had the extra guy to get these long rebounds. It was it was not not a good effort by the Warriors. But hey, all you can do if you're the Jazz is pound them, and they did. You know they were up thirty at halftime. And they were up forty in the second half, and they cleared the bench. Final score was deceptive. The the last five guys on the Warriors bench uh, did a good job of beating the last five guys on the Jazz bench, but it didn't matter at that point. All right, that's the uh, NFL. That's the Jazz. we got to get to the college hoops
1: with the Utes and the Cougars next. Stay with us. Take the Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show.
0: Good morning, it's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. So the Utes and Cougars both played this weekend with BYU winning Saturday night. And Utah losing Sunday, a game you may not have seen because it was on ESPNU head-to-head with the NFC title game. Kind of hidden away. They need the programming, I guess, so a lot of you didn't see it. The uh, the Utes, after after a nice win over Washington State, get beat by Washington. Game they're up by 12 in the first half. A game they still led in the final five minutes, but they got two points in the last three and a half minutes. And they got outscored 7-0 at the end of the game. They had three critical turnovers in the last two minutes. It just comes down to a team that doesn't know how to win and hopes to win, but doesn't really expect to win. Because Washington only had one conference win it's not like they know how to win either and they couldn't seal the deal so it's a frustrating loss lori kristovic did not talk for very long but here he is after the game with the media
2: coach it actually seemed like that uh turnovers really hurt in that in that last minute or so that that led to that 7-0 run by washington um just 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 talk about the fight and you know just obviously coming up short
3: well it doesn't do you much good to fight when you do that at the end of a game but we are our last four possessions we turned the ball over. So um bad coaching.
4: All right, moving along to Josh Haman.
0: I know that this is still fresh and new, but what do you think could have changed there on some of those possessions inside
4: the final two minutes, Larry?
3: Well, we had three passing errors and one dribbling error. So would like to have any of the passes back that we threw. Uh, I don't think we were in a big hurry when we threw the one out-of-bounds to Riley in transition. We had a lead, uh, got into the paint. Timmy got stripped. Ryland threw a ball away and Ian threw a ball away. So uh, that's, that's what needed to change
0: just a quick follow-up again. I, I know that this is fresh and you're still processing, but to to lead a game like that for three quarters of it and to play so well offensively and to get to the doorstep of a win, it is it tough to stomach when the game goes so well and then goes out there at the end?
3: Well, I don't think the game went so well. I mean, I, I thought we opened up really well and built a nice lead. We missed a bunch of bunnies in the first half. Uh in and around the rim, it seemed like a grind, but you, you got to make more plays, you know, and it was a back and forth kind of game. They responded and hit some big threes when they needed to. Uh, We had some players that stepped up and made some big plays as well. Just, you know, comes down to doing a better job of valuing every possession. I thought, Uh, and we talked about it in every timeout. if we passed it more than five times on any possession, I think we hit about 750 from the, from the plate, and things were good. And then all of a sudden, you know, we take on a different mindset where we're trying to force things, and and uh, and it it wasn't good. You know, give them credit. So it's always tough to lose a game, regardless. Uh, you know, it's games of this magnitude. We we'd love to have gotten a road sweep, but you have to be better. There were plenty of possessions where we beat ourselves. Give Washington credit, but. I have no problem with losing the game. I just think that uh, that it was certainly self-inflicted at times. All
5: right, moving along to Jay. Larry, uh,
4: what did you think of your defensive effort today? Uh, it seemed like it was kind of hit and miss. There were times when you guys were really dialed in. But down the stretch, they were able to get to the basket on
3: you. You should have well, I mean, they hit a bunch of threes early on. They got some players uh, that are capable from three and then, you know, putting the ball on the floor. So uh, I thought our defense was better in the second half, actually. We got some stops. We got pretty dialed in, but they uh, they had some guys that stepped up and made some big, big-time big baskets. So uh, I'm not as disappointed in our our defensive effort. Certainly there's aspects that can improve as I am, um, some of the deficiencies we had at the offensive end. All
4: right. Uh, back to Josh. Sorry.
0: Um, you guys are up 12 there with about six minutes to go in the first half. Um, you opted to go to a zone. Was that because that there was some foul trouble mounting Rylan had to Ian had to,
3: Yeah, yep. Yeah. Just get, you know, giving them a different look, um, and putting some heat on us. I thought off the dribble and our backcourt was was chalking up some fouls. That that was the thinking there.
4: Yeah,
0: it's good to see ya. You. You. Larry Christoviack. After the Jazz lose to Washington, they got a week now to get ready for Colorado coming up on uh, next Saturday, and that'll be in in Boulder. Now for BYU, it's now four straight wins. They beat Pepperdine. And it was a bit of a grinded-out game. They had a pretty big lead, and then they blew it. But then they were really good in the closing minutes. And Pepperdine put themselves in position to win there in the final five minutes, but BYU dominated the final five minutes. I think they closed on, I think it was an 8-0 run, and really controlled play in those final couple of minutes and uh, ended up winning comfortably. Uncomfortable, you know, four five, six minutes ago if you were uncomfortable, fine. But when the buzzer when the buzzer went off, you know, it wasn't like Pepperdine was gonna hit a lucky shot at the end and win the game. So BYU gets the victory, that's four in a row. They gotta go play Pepperdine again on Wednesday. So that's kind of an odd bit of scheduling, kind of what Mountain West teams are going through this year. Um, but hey, they got the win here. Now they gotta go to Malibu, and see if they can stretch this win streak to five games. Here's Mark Pope, the head coach after the game. How awesome was that?
2: Norma, did you get nervous?
6: just just like a
7: little bit people people were getting after me because i tweeted. i was like oh finally byu is putting the game away and they're like you spoke too soon you
2: could <laughs> i was stressed out guys i was about to beat my pants i was so nervous please don't quote me on that uh, this pepperdine team is so good guys like they're so good they're so dangerous they're just so dangerous and um you know anytime you have a team with a a veteran guy like Kobe Ross, who's been one of the top point guard in this league for the last three or four years. It's uh, it's problematic because he can beat you in so many ways. And, and Kessler Edwards is, I mean, he's got a, a big, a, a massive future in this game. He's such a talented player. And, um, and then, you know, they, one of the things that's really, I think, Lorenzo's probably super excited about with his team is they're so physical, like they become so physical. And um, so we're super, we're super grateful for the win. We know it's against a great team. And, and then we're, we're excited to figure out how to try and run it back on Wednesday, right? These back-to-back games are super fun because uh, you, you just get to try and figure out if you're making adjustments or if you're trying to do what you do better. And the other team's doing the same thing. Great. A couple questions from Mitch, Norma and Hunter.
4: Mark, how much confidence do you have now in this team where you guys can win in so many different ways to have a game where Barcelo has zero field goals and he probably hasn't had that since his days at Arizona? Just what does it do for the confidence, the different ways you guys can pull out victories?
2: You know, it's, um, I mean, guys, you know me, I'm going to bore you to death because I keep saying the same thing over and over because I believe it so much, but like this locker room is really important. And you think about, uh, 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 just forgive me. I mean, you guys can turn off right now, but Connor Harding comes up with 10 rebounds today, right? And Connor Harding could have checked out two weeks ago when I benched him. And he played 24 minutes and comes up with 10 rebounds. And he's just ever-present doing whatever he can. Came up with one of the biggest defensive plays. Uh, You know, uh, after a timeout, they went to a baseline uh, corner lift back door. And Connor smelled it out and came up with the turnover. And it was a huge play. It actually kind of stymied the run up three, right? And so he just is making huge plays. And the reason I bring him up is because that's what's fun about this team. Uh, you know, think about trevin Nell's contribution tonight, a hundred percent mismatch, like any coach with any brains in the history of the world would not match up trevin Nell with Kessler Edwards to start the game. And, and then you look at the performance he turned in because he's just worried about the right stuff. And you think about Jesse Wade, like Jesse Wade made a really important contribution to this team, right? Like he was able to save us the last minute and 30 seconds with both my point guards with three fouls and he bangs two free throws and, and takes care of the ball with no turnovers and super important. And, you know, uh, and then I, I could keep going guys. I know I'm boring you, but Kobe, how great was Kobe Lee? Think about Kobe Lee for a second. So Kobe Lee, I crush him every day for guarding. I'm like, Kobe, I, I mean, every day he gets like a diatribe of, of not so kind words for me, multiple times it brags about guarding and, and Kessler Edwards catches fire and we can't stop him. And so we go to Kobe Lee. Like I turn to the bench. I'm like, Kobe, let's go. It's you, man. You got to go do it. And sure enough, he comes over the five straight possessions with stops. And, um, this, 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 this stew that we're trying to, put together is really complicated and it can fail, but if it works, right guys, this could be a really fun team. Like I'm such a believer. I know it's getting old talking about it, but I do, I believe it's super complicated and it's, it's sometimes it's hard to predict before the game, but because our guys are so willing to fight for each other, uh, we we can have nights like this where Alex Barcelo, you know, the the biggest contribution he made to the game was giving up his tooth. Right. And and then we have other guys step up and, and find a way to win.
6: You touched on it there, and you, you talked about how Pepperdine is so physical, but this is probably the most physical game you guys have had so far. Alex lost a tooth. Like, you can't really beat that. What do you have to say about the way your team was able to battle and just really fight uh, when needed?
2: Yeah. No, I was, I was actually I, – I, oh, keep going, sorry. I think I interrupted you.
3: No,
2: you didn't interrupt me. Um, so I'm going to give you an example. I was so proud of Matt Harms. So Matt Harms is getting pushed off the block all night, right? And, and they were really physical and body him up and he was having a tough time. And he just said, no, I'm going to find a way to make a physical impact on this game. And he did it with rim protection. I mean, how good was his rim protection tonight? I kid you not, like there were people in the stands when he was blocking shots that were ducking because they were afraid the ball was going to come hit them in the head. And, um, you know, so his physicality on the defensive end, I thought was really special. Uh, Caleb Lohner, I mean, he's such a, he's such a beast on the glass. He was so terrific on the defensive glass, kind of just keeping us alive. Um, So, yeah, it's, our league is a physical league. Um, There's just no two ways about it. We, we, it's a really physical league and, and, um, and I'm super proud of this team because they've embraced that and they're doing a nice job.
4: Coach, is Alex's smile ever going to be the same?
2: No, it's going to be better. So he's actually at the dentist right now getting it fixed. So I'm, I have a call into compliance because I'm trying to get him to put a diamond in on the face of that new tooth. you going to look so swaggy. I kid you not, man. Wait till next game. He's going to like – every time he smiles, it's going to blind his defender because of the, the, the gleam off the diamond. It's going to be so big time. What that's great. What I really wanted to ask uh, was about facing Pepperdine
0: again uh, coming up on Wednesday. What's it like to play the same team back-to-back games and uh, how much of the game plan that you use tonight, will you also incorporate to the game on Wednesday?
1: Are you going to do something totally different?
2: Yeah, it's super fun. Like uh, I know Lorenzo's talked about this too, but one of my favorite experiences in all of athletics is playing in the NBA playoffs, right? Where you play back-to-back-to-back, you know, five game series and seven game series. And, and, um, and the, the whole, like, it's so incredible because after a game, you feel like you know where the series is headed. You feel like there's a tone set and kind of what's happening. And then one player, one quarter or one game can change the whole dynamic of the, of the series entirely. You can be up three, one, and then you lose game five. And now it's three, two. And now all of a sudden, all the pressures totally changed from thinking you were going to walk through it to like now it's gone or someone gets ejected or whatever. And all the adjustments from game to game and then sitting in the office and fighting each other about what adjustments are you going to make there to help you trying to anticipate the other, the other team's adjustments and then trying to be be true to who you are and, and make the right calls on what you're going to hold on to with your game plan is super fun. I mean, it's gonna be really fun if we win. It's going to stink if we lose, man.
3: All right.
4: Last question from Mitch Harper. Yeah, coach, uh, you know, Richard Harward, he's been, he got banged up in the last game, gives you seven and nine. How, how's he doing health wise? I mean, is he close to a hundred percent? How's he doing right now?
2: He's at the hot tub right now. So we got a hot tub at the house, the guys come over. And so he is like, he was like, coach, can I go straight over? Oh, he's actually beating me to my house, man. He, he's, he plays so hard and so physical. He spends so much time, uh, um, you know, making contact with players, bodies and elbows and knees and heads and the floor um, that it just, it just tears out. He's the first guy that I almost like there's been a couple times in practice where I've almost put in the no diving on the floor rule. I just can't bring myself to do it. Cause it's like, it's like contrary to everything I believe about this game, but he just spends so much time there. Uh, he's, he's he brings so much passion to this team. Uh, he just is he's a gift to BYU. He really is like he just you talk about a guy that is putting his whole heart and soul into this team. And we have a lot of him, but He's definitely one of them. So we got to take care of him. Like we actually sat him out of practice entirely yesterday um, and uh, he did the shooting, but he didn't do anything else. And um, it just is it's it's beautiful. And he's he's the one guy in on this team that you can sit out of practice and, and nobody looks thinks twice because they know what he's giving to this team.
0: All right, there is Mark Pope after the game. When we come
1: back, the best of the jazz post game show. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show.
0: Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Utah Jazz pick up their eighth straight win as they blow out the Golden State Warriors, up by 30 at the half and by 40 before they clear the bench. Let's get to the guys Jake Scott, Tim LaCombe, pre-half and post-game here on the Jazz Radio Network and the flagship station, 1280 The Zone. And Jake wraps it up for us with the best of the post-game show after every after every game. Here's Jake.
8: It's your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you. The Jazz smashed the Warriors Saturday night at Vivint Arena, 127-108. to 108. The Jazz opened the game on a 14-0 run and didn't look back from there. They were up as many as 37 in the third quarter and the whole fourth quarter was pretty much garbage time with both benches out on the floor. Um, Jazz were led by Donovan Mitchell, 23 points on 9 of 18, shooting 3 of 8 from 3. Donovan also had 7 rebounds and uh, 6 assists. Mike Conley with an unbelievable night, 17 points. But get this, Mike, a career-high plus 40 in the plus-minus. In fact, the Jazz whole starting lineup uh, was over plus 25. (laughs) Royce, plus 26. Bogdanovich plus 36, Gobert plus 38, Donovan Mitchell plus 28. So when the jazz uh, starters were out there, they were just cooking and uh, mopped the floor with Golden State Warriors. let's get some postgame sound. Let's start with jazz head coach, Quinn Snyder.
7: We'll go with uh, Tony Jones, the athletic
2: coach. uh, When you guys move the ball, like you, you, you did pretty much from the first possession. Um, you know how how good
3: can you guys be offensively?
5: Well, to be honest, we're just we just want to get better, and there's there's certain nights where um, things click. Um, obviously, uh, our guys are are focused on moving it and taking open looks. Everybody's just trying to do do their part, and you know the the biggest thing about moving the ball is when we pass the ball accurately. You know that allows things to happen. So it's um. Again, we just got to keep trying to improve. And uh, that's been part of it, the accuracy of our passes and taking care of the ball and moving it. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
4: When uh, Golden State's final numbers looked a little better than they probably were just based on that fourth quarter. But for the first three quarters, it seemed like you had a pretty good handle on kind of shutting them down. What was working with the defensive effort tonight?
5: Well, you know, we, we want to defend collectively and, you know, they're a difficult team to guard. Obviously, Steph is probably the most difficult player to guard, you know, if, if not, you know, one of the top two or three. Um, he's so good and puts pressure on you in so many ways. So, um, you know, I think our guys are seeing it um, collectively and, you know, it's not one guy's job. Everybody's got to do a job and, you know, to try to take pride in that, you know, on every possession.
7: Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV.
4: Coach, it's uh, clear uh, that this team is not complacent. How would you describe the mentality and focus of your guys right
5: now? Well, I guess, you know, we're we're not a quarter of the way through the season, so I'm, I'm not trying to you know dampen any enthusiasm that, that I want our team to feel um you know it's it's okay to feel good about how you're playing um but you know there's a long season ahead it's a marathon and there's games where it clicks like it did tonight and there's other games you have to grind and um I just want us to stay steady not too high not too low um you know, and and the fact that we're playing well right now is a good thing, but the challenge is to continue to play well. And and that's what we're looking at.
7: And Anderson, kslsports.com.
2: Quinn, it seems like in the second quarter, they tried to take away the three early uh, and they were really pressuring really high. And it looked like Mike just kind of on the fly adjusted to what they were doing and kind of got the team back into a flow. Is that something he's able to do uh, better
5: than some other guys just kind of adjust because he's seen so much footage and or played in so many games? Well, he's, you know, he's got such control of the basketball and, you know, he's so quick uh, that, that it allows him to be really patient. And I thought both he and Donovan, you know, when they got in the lane, whether it was kicking it out to shooters and then as you said when when those passes weren't there uh, we didn't get sped up we, we, we kept control and um, kept our feet on the floor if we needed to and you know used fakes and all that you know silly fundamental stuff that um, sometimes you can forget about but it makes all the difference and in Mike's case you know his poise in the lane um, and his ability to, to make plays for other people as well as you know take his shot you know I, I really loved how aggressive he came out tonight um, I thought he set a tone early with um, with his aggressiveness shooting the ball and you know we want to take what, what the defense gives and he's done a great job he and Donovan both I think that's something Donovan's really been focused on is his efficiency and his decision making um, when those two guys do that you know we, we, we play well there you go, Jazz head coach
8: Quinn Snyder preaching uh, an even keel, never too high, never too low, as uh, the Jazz really win big over the Warriors on Saturday night. Uh, Saturday night. Let's now get to some players. Let's start off with Joe Ingles. All
6: right, we'll go. Sarah Todd does Red News. Hey, Joe. Um... There were often games, especially last season. He's had better games this season, was assists, assist. But Boyan isn't known to be the guy to get a bunch of assists on night. What's it like having him create that much for you? I didn't hear the end of that. If he had, a, was there an end of that? Uh,
2: what What is it like having Boyan create like that for you guys? He got eight assists. Oh, okay. tonight.
6: Did he? I yeah. didn't know that.
1: We're really high for um, him.
6: I mean, we were laughing at the first time. I think he had three assists in the first three possessions. So, um, it's definitely something we're not used to, <laughs> but no, it's, uh, I mean, he, he does, he, he makes the right play. I mean, pretty much every time. And a lot of that is, um, obviously us creating and, and him on the end of a lot of stuff. Um, but I mean, he's a hell of a player. We've, I think everybody knows that and, and the way he can score the ball and shoot the ball. And, and when he's in the post, the, the, um, the defense got to collapse if he's if he's got a mismatch. So he is a willing passer. Uh, he's not he's not out there um, purely to score. But we know he can pass the ball. And um, yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't know he had eight, but it, I mean, I think it just it, it, it's what our team is. We, we're we're an unselfish team, and from top to bottom, whoever's in the game, we we play that way. Um, and I mean, as you guys know, a lot of the time it's different guys every night. Um, but yeah, no, it was. Um, it's got to be a career high or something, doesn't it? It's got to be. Someone look that up. Locke, look that up. It is. There you go. Congrats to on. All
7: right, next up, Chris and Kenny, Jazz TV. Joe, this was
4: a really complete game for you guys tonight. Strong start, strong finish. I know you don't want to get too high and too low after these ones, but uh, what is the mentality and feeling amongst this group right now? <sighs>
6: Um, I mean, honestly, kind of on to the next one. Um, it, it was good. And there's, there's still things we'll watch film on. Um, I don't even know what day we play next at the moment, but whatever our schedule is for the next few days, we'll obviously watch film and we'll, um, there, there'll be things that we, we know we didn't do as well or things we can do better. Um, 10 out of 10 times instead of 9 out of 10 or whatever it is. Uh, um, obviously, we're, we're a confident team and we're, we're confident in the, the style that we play. Um, we're going to miss shots. We're going to make shots at times, but I think our defense has been pretty consistent. Obviously, tonight it was, um, and, and we were able to make shots as well. So when we're going on both ends, uh, we're, we're a tough team to, to play against.
7: Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
4: Joe, in the third quarter, uh, you you put Kent Bazemore on skates, and I think the broadcast team referred to it as the world's slowest crossover. Uh, <laughs> just, just wondering uh, if you remember that play and, and what was going through your mind as that
7: happened. Um,
6: I didn't, yeah. I mean, it's not a consistent uh, part of my game, obviously. um. Yeah, I mean, it was probably... I think Rudy probably just tripped him, to be honest. I don't think any of my moves are that cool that someone's going to go for a fake or anything that bad, let's be honest. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, that. No, I think it was Rudy or Rudy, Faye. One of the bigs came up, set a screen, and whatever. I, I honestly don't really know what happened, but I get forced right a lot, and he, he jumped to my left early, and um, I was just praying that it went in because I hadn't made a shot yet, so... Um, yeah, it was all good. I don't really, yeah, I don't don't, don't really have much of a cooler answer than um, than that. But
8: good times. There's Joe Ingles, and uh, Joe getting a couple of laughs out of Bogdanovich's uh, eight uh, eight assists, a career high for Boyan. In fact, let's uh, hear some sound from him after the game.
7: All right, we'll go, Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV,
4: Bogey. Eight assists tonight, man. Uh, what does it mean to you to impact the game like that tonight?
7: I mean, we were just hitting the hitting the trees in, early in a game, so it's it's not about me. It's about uh, extra passes that we that we had early on a uh, early on a game. So not much about me. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. I'm
4: going to try to make it a little bit more about you. Um, did you realize that you had that many passes? I mean, you had tied your career high by halftime. The, the shooting wasn't necessarily going down for you. Were you making it more of a point to try to find other guys or, or was that just happening organically?
7: I mean, Rudy is it's, it's really doing great job rolling and then every every other team is kind of kind of getting getting into the pain. And then we have a, a lot of open trees. So whoever is whoever is handling the ball has got those, those open open passes outside. Donovan had also seven or eight assists. So like I said, we shared the ball pretty well. That's why we are, we are really successful this season. Christos Saltos from Sports DNA Greece. Hello, Boylan. Congratulations on the win and the performance. I would like to ask you how big boost you get from uh, that uh, that win, and especially with the way that you won tonight. And also for you, how enjoyable is to share the court with uh, Donovan Mitchell? I mean, it's it's great to great to win the game and then have our stars to to rest all all last quarter. We had a couple of, of these games, so we are in in, in pretty good shape right now we didn't get banged and and then then we are we are winning the game so we are in, in, in great winning streak right now okay last question sarah todd desert news
6: hey boyan do you think that jordan clarkson should
2: be in the conversation for six man of the year
7: absolutely he's the six man of the year right now so i hope that we're gonna we're going to continue the win, and then with his aggressiveness and and the way he played, I hope that he going to he gonna win the trophy. There's Bojan
8: Bogdanovic, 14 points, 8 assists, and 7 rebounds for Bogey on Saturday night. He had a, a very, very nice game as the Jazz beat the Warriors. Let's wrap things up now with uh, Donovan Mitchell.
7: All right, we'll get started with Tony Jones, the athletic.
2: Um... When you guys, the Warriors, like during their run, they were one of those teams that could just like hit you with a big run and turn like a ten-point deficit into a twenty-point lead. Do you feel some of that? You know, with some of the with some of the the eight nine minutes
9: uh, sequences that you guys have been playing of late. You said that they can do that during their during their run when they won when they were a
2: championship team
9: oh like, think, yeah okay. not, not I think, when they were a championship team gotcha. like, I think, like do you feel that a little bit of that the way you guys are playing a little bit I think you know I wouldn't I wouldn't equate it to, to, to that you know we have a long way to go to get to that point I think we have our spurts and moments I think tonight was a really good offensive start you know and then on top of that we locked down defensively um, but I think we have we have a ways to go you know in a good way you know there's nothing we're really doing a lot of things the right way but there's things we can do better. I think, you know, we like, like you said, we have our capabilities of really raising our level and really shoot when we shoot the ball well and defend. You know, we, we can be pretty scary. But the biggest thing is we just got to continue to, to – to do the little things. And I think we did a good job of that tonight, you know, kind of going up with that big lead. It's easy for, you know, we've been teams to kind of get complacent, you know, how we, we, we've done that before. And I think the biggest thing was we were able to extend it and keep the foot on the gas um, throughout the entire game. And I think that's just, that's what we're most proud of. You know, the end result, it is what it is, but, you know, we're continuing to keep our foot on the pedal. And that's what our mindset should be every game.
7: Sarah Todd, ret News. Hey, Donovan, I'd
6: like for you to make the case to me that Jordan Clarkson should be sixth man of the year.
9: Um, Well, first off, you know, I think he's, what, 50, 40, 90? Something like that? I believe um, you know his, his efficiency level has grown and he's, he's done doing a lot of good things and he's not just scoring the basketball you know he came and his his reputation has been just a score but he's making the right plays playing defense chasing guys around uh, but obviously putting the ball in the basket you know I think that's something that within the offensive flow I think that's something that you know With him, we we look at him as, you know, as like like that microwave uh, that never really turns off. But then on top of that, he's doing it on both ends of the floor, you know, communicating, uh, making the extra pass. I think remember the other game, he had like six, seven assists. Like he's doing it in many different ways outside of just scoring, you know. But if we just want to leave it at scoring alone, I think he deserves it. But he's doing a lot of other things uh, as well. Um, And I think that's what makes him special this year or in general.
7: Eric Walden, Salt Lake
5: Tribune.
9: Hey, Don. So, notwithstanding what you
4: just everything you just said to tony and and notwithstanding the team's mantra of never too high never too low steve kerr said before the game he views you guys as a championship contender and said that you guys remind him of where the warriors were three or four years ago obviously you know you don't want to get ahead of yourselves but does that give you like any added confidence knowing that the coach who's been through a dynasty with
9: a team like that views the Utah Jazz as being on that level? Um, you know, it's definitely a compliment, you know, but I think the biggest thing for us is to focus on what we do. You know, we're not trying to replicate you know, what they did in Golden State. They had an amazing run, an incredible run. I think the biggest thing is we're all focused on what we got to do in the details. Um, that's something after the playoffs last year that so, I don't even know why that's my ringtone. I thought I switched that. Um but um, I think the biggest things, we're focusing on the little details, we're doing what we have to do. And that's really where it's at for us. You know, we haven't even, like I said, we haven't gotten past the second round. So, also for us to, to even focus on that, we're focusing on every day, getting, getting, well, doing what we got to do in the regular season, getting to the playoffs, being able to have success there. Um, it's a huge compliment coming from, from Coach Kerr for sure. But, you know, I think, we're looking at it as, all right, you know, taking it game by game, step by step, little by little. Uh, it's a long season. We've only played 15, 16 games, and, you know, anything can happen. So we got to stay locked in and stay where we're at. And um, with that, with, with the little details, success will come. And even if there's moments where things don't go well, we got to continue to keep our head and keep our composure, which we've done, and uh, we got to continue to do that.
7: Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Donovan, we talk about shooting
4: being contagious, but what about passing?
9: mm Um, I think it's – I think the the unselfishness of our team, Um, you know, you want to pass. You want to make that extra pass. You want to be able to go out there and find the open man. You know, Boyan had, what, eight assists tonight? You know, I've I've been talking to him about it all night. But, like, that's who we are. That's who we are as a team. Finding ways to get the open man, uh, continue to penetrate and and, and get in the paint, uh, make the defense collapse. Then when you have shooters, um, if they want to stay home, you get a bucket. You know, but at the end of the day, you know, we have guys who can get in the paint and score. So now defenses have to collapse. We're finding Rudy, finding Fave, finding guys on the wings. Um, it's 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 something that we really love doing, and I think that's just what's special about this team is we love to make the extra pass.
5: And last question, Ryan Miller, KSL. Hey Don, um, in your first three
4: seasons, you guys kind of started the season slow. What's kind of been the difference of about this year?
9: Um, I think what happened in the bubble, I think, is something that really stuck out. Stood out with us. Um, I think for us, you know, we saw what we could be. Um, as far as in those in those seven games, and we saw like that loss that loss hurt i think so for us, understanding that you know I said it after we we lost i said it when we we've all said it like you know. Not letting a foot off the gas in any type of way, you know, coming out strong with a statement, um, and that's what we've been doing. Guys have put the work in in the off season uh, from top to bottom. Coaches as well. Uh, we've put, we we brought Faye back. We've brought pieces in, and I think the biggest thing for us is we just have to stay locked in. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. We've had times where, you know, we maybe we don't win that Pelicans game the other night, you know, because they come out strong. You know, you're seeing things that we've typically. Have done, have struggled with that. We're having success with, but now it's a matter of keeping that success. You know, we're not always going to shoot the ball well. We've been shooting it well throughout this entire run, but can we sustain? You know, our defense. Can we? Can we continue to do what we've been doing? And I think that's really where uh, our head is at. You know, and not get like, like, Ricky said it. You know, a few years ago, but never too high. You know, never too low. And that's really been it. Just continue to stay locked in and focus on every game. That's Donovan
8: Mitchell and his post game comments. And uh, interesting what he said right there. They're a team that loves to make the extra pass. And uh, Donovan did that uh, six assists for Donovan on Saturday night to go along with his 23 points and seven rebounds. Up next for the Utah Jazz, they take on uh, the New York Knicks in this building coming up on Tuesday night. That game will tip off at 7. Pre-game begins at 6. There is the best of the postgame
0: show. When we come back, what is trending? All
8: the headlines coming up next.